This is the Life Church Reno podcast. Here at Life Church, we seek to love God, love others, and make a difference. Today's message is from our I Am sermon series. In this series, we're looking at the seven I Am statements of Jesus, discovering who Jesus is according to His own words, and how this impacts us today. From wherever you're listening, we pray that this message encourages you. So today we're going to wrap up. Um, our series that we've called I Am. We've been talking about Jesus, Jesus in his own words. Who did Jesus say that he was? And so we've looked at these seven statements. We had one extra bonus statement right on Palm Sunday, but, but these seven statements where Jesus says, I'm the bread of life, I'm the light of the world, I'm the resurrection and the life, I am the door and I'm the way and the truth and the life. And then last week, great message from Pastor Greg, I am the vine. Today, we're going to wrap it up, looking at Jesus' statement where he says, I am the good shepherd. So if you have your Bibles, go over to John chapter 10. John 10, going to reach 10 through 18. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. A direct translation would be Jesus saying, I am the shepherd, the good one. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. You ever go to a restaurant and, and you can tell by the level of attention and service that you're receiving, you're like, this person is giving me this attention as if they own this place. They really care about the success of this place. And then you'll have someone else who gives you such incredibly poor service and attention. You're like, they for sure do not own this place. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I'm a, he says, if you have a shepherd who's taking care of sheep that belong to him, he's willing to do whatever it takes to take care of them and protect them. But if you have someone who's just making minimum wage and they can, couldn't find anywhere else to work for the day, as soon as difficulty or threat comes, he runs away. That's what Jesus is saying. And then he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. He says it to us again. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it for me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. There's a lot that could be said about this passage. I just wanna share with you three things. When Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he's telling us three things at least. Here's the first one. Your neediness is no match for my care. Now, when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, or I am the shepherd, the good one, there's two different Greek words he could have used to, to speak of good. Oftentimes, the Greek word um, agathos, or where we get our, uh, the old name agatha, uh, means just kind of to be, to be morally good. But he uses this other word, kalos, which means to be beautiful, good, lovely, 
or excellent. It's a much more power-packed, descriptive word for good. And he says, I'm that kind of shepherd. I am the shepherd, the good one. Now, when Jesus talks about being a shepherd or being the good shepherd, he's talking to a bunch of people that four things would have come to their mind. The first thing that would have come to their mind would be the actual shepherds um, that take care of sheep that everyone around them would have known. Now, anybody here had ever spent more than a day or two being a shepherd? Anyone have vast shepherding experience? And the answer to that is no. Anyone super close with like a legitimate real shepherd? Anybody super close like that? We've got one or two in the back. We actually have a, a, an elderly man in the church who um, spent much of his life uh, as a Basque sheep herder shepherd. And, uh, but for most of us, we aren't super familiar with all things sheep and shepherds, but these people were. There were just sheep and shepherds everywhere in this ancient agrarian society. So the first thing they're thinking is they, they might even, as Jesus is giving this talk, they might even be able to see some sheep and shepherds in the distance. It's, it's, it was very much just a part of their world. So they're for sure thinking about actual sheep and actual shepherds. But the second thing that Jesus is, that they would have come to their minds, and, and Jesus is con contrasting himself to the, the religious leaders of Israel were, were, were known as the, the shepherds of Israel. And so they for sure would have been thinking about these religious leaders, and Jesus is clearly making a contrast between himself and them. Yet when Jesus talks about being the good shepherd or the shepherd, the good one, uh, th these Jews also would have thought of King David, who was thought of as Israel's great greatest shepherd. Now, this is a big deal because in the Gospel of John, we've already up to this point seen Jesus where he declares himself greater than Moses. And then we've seen him declare himself greater than Abraham. Before Abraham was, I am. It's a very clear declaration of his divinity. And so now, of the three greatest heroes of Judaism, we, we've got Abraham, we've got Moses, and then the third is King David. And so now again, Jesus is saying, I am greater than all of the people that you've built this foundation of this religion on, Abraham and Moses and David. And, 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 but they would have thought of, of David, and so he's declaring himself as greater than this third member of this trilogy of patriarchs that they would have looked to. And the fourth thing they'd have thought about is they would have thought about Psalm 23. That their minds, all of these Jews would have been very familiar with this Psalm, just like many Americans are. Even many, uh, if you ask many people that don't claim to be followers of Jesus or regularly attend religious services to name a passage of scripture, probably the one most commonly named, if not John 3.16, thanks to NFL games, and you see it at the end of the end zone. See it on Tim Tebow's eyes there. If not for that, you'd say Psalm 23. Because it's probably the passage most frequently read at, at funerals and memorial services and other celebrations and, 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 and gatherings that, of people that may not normally go to church, but when they do go, they might hear Psalm 23. And, but I'd, I wonder if you've ever read Psalm 23 through the lens of Jesus saying, hey, this is talking about me. When Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, it's, you can't separate it from when David said, the Lord is my shepherd. We're gonna look at that here for a couple of minutes. In Psalm 23, verse one, David starts saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. 
Now, have you ever played the game with your kids? You're driving on a road trip and, and people, and you play a game and say, you know, if, if you could be any animal, what would you want to be? And if I mean, anyone want to, if you could be any animal, anyone in the crowd want to? Tiger, tiger's always top, it's, it's one of the top five choices. So what, dog? Dolphin, yes. Dolphin, absolutely. Someone else? Bird. I like that. Someone else? Snow leopard. I like that level of specificity. Snow leopard. You might get bear. You might get lion. You might get like a thoroughbred stallion. You're, you're never gonna, no one's ever gonna be like, I wish I was a sheep. And part of the reason is because there's, of all of the, now it's, it's been lots of people, preachers have talked about how sheep are known to be really dumb animals, but, but as much as they're dumb, they're, they're really just more dependent animals. And, and that the nature, the, the sheep are, are, are one of, of the rarest animals that, 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 and that, that have survived um, and that they, they don't really have a meaningful protective um, instinct they're, they're not very fast. They're not, they're, they're, they don't have like claws. They, they don't, many of them don't have horns. The ones that do have horns, many of those horns are actually too small to really be useful as a meaningful defense against other animals. And so the, the nature of sheep is, is that they are incredibly dependent. Now in America, we love the declaration of independence. But the statement, the Lord is my shepherd, is a very clear declaration of dependence. Because sheep are some of the most dependent animals and that without the shepherd, they're not going to make it long. And it's this incredible statement of dependence. And so when, when David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. So you have to think about it. When Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he's very much putting himself inside this very well-known Psalm. And he's saying, I am your shepherd. And in me, you lack nothing. The, the uh, um, legendary pastor, Lee Anderson, said it this way. He says, David, who wrote these words, was once a shepherd himself. He knew what every shepherd knows. Sheep come in two categories, wild and domestic. A highly domesticated sheep is highly dependent upon the shepherd. I'm told that if the livestock sheep can be counted among the most dependent because they count on their shepherd for food, direction, protection, and treatment of disease. When we call someone our shepherd, we're saying we need help. When we say the Lord is our shepherd, we're saying no one is better able to help us than God himself. We're saying we are basically foolish and he is wise. We are quite ignorant and he knows everything. We are weak and he is strong. We are stupid and he is smart. Most of all, we're saying that God is absolutely trustworthy and we can depend on him. And so Jesus is placing himself very much in this psalm and says, the Lord is my shepherd. And, and what we're saying is it's this, this declaration of dependence and declaration in this trust in his care. And so that's at the very essence of, of what Jesus is saying, that, that you are incredibly needy. But as great as your need is, my care is greater. 
We keep reading in this psalm, verse two, he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Basically, what, what David here is saying is, is just like a, a shepherd would lead a sheep to this place where their needs will be met. That, that's this idea that, that God is my shepherd who will take me good places. His plans for me are best. I should let him lead. It's this, he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. This picture is of this shepherd taking the sheep to the place where their needs will be met in abundance. It's this idea that, that I can trust God. I don't have to go through life as a control freak, setting my own direction all the time, because I can trust Jesus, this good shepherd who, who, who will lead me to green pastures, cause me to, to lie down by these still waters. It's, uh, it, it's this incredible declaration of God's goodness to us that can be trusted where he's going to take me to good places of abundance. And then we see verse three, even though I walk through the darkest, valley or other translations, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me because God is my shepherd. Jesus is my good shepherd. He's going to be with me and protect me in the toughest moments in life. Even when I fear death or even when I'm actually about to die, that, that he is with me, this little phrase, the valley of the shadow of death. You know, the nature of shadows is they can appear to be quite frightening. Do you ever find yourself scared by your own shadow? The nature of shadows is they could appear quite frightening, but in and of themselves, there's no power to harm. And, and this kind of imagery here is that even death, even the fear of death or, or death coming or the reality of it, as unpleasant and foreboding as it may be, cannot do any real harm to those to whom they are living with the good shepherd. That it's, even though the, 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 the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And so this picture here that David's painting is that even in the hardest moments of life, even when, when in the natural, the response would be to have absolute fear and terror, even when I think that I might be about to die, even in, either in feeling or in reality, there's this idea that, 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 that God is with me. So there's no fear in it. He's with me in the most difficult moments of life, even the difficult moments that lead unto death. As David thinks about the Lord as his shepherd, he sees that he's carrying a rod and a staff. This rod was a, was a heavy club that the shepherd used to kill predators and the staff, a long pole with a crook in one end used to round up the sheep and guide them along. The sight of those instruments causes David to, to realize that the shepherd is with me. He's going to protect me. He's going to guide me. I don't have to fear the most difficult moments in life because the shepherd is near. If you look at, if you read and research about sheep and shepherds, even in the Middle East today, the mere presence of the shepherd comforts the sheep. There was a missionary serving in the Middle East during one of the conflicts between the Israelis and the Palestinians, and, and they shared uh, that something that they observed with these shepherds and their, their sheep. It says she, she watched a shepherd caring for his flock near the area where the guns are fired. 
Every time the shots rang out, the sheep scattered in fright. The shepherd then touched each of them with his staff and spoke calmly to them. And the sheep settled down immediately because they trusted the shepherd. And then another shot sounded and the same routine happened again. Each time the sheep needed the shepherd to orient them again and again to reassure them that they were safe. The mere presence of the shepherd, his calming words, is just merely touching softly with that, that staff that the, the sheep knew everything's going to be okay because the shepherd is here and the shepherd is near and he's going to protect me. Keep reading this Psalm. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love, other translations, surely goodness and mercy. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Because of the care of my shepherd, I can relax even in life's most stressful circumstances. Anybody here have someone that you know for sure wants to kill you? We're thriving, we're thriving. But imagine that you have multiple enemies. Most scholars believe that David is, is writing this at the time where his son Absalom has declared his desire to kill him. Israel is in a great state of division. As the king, there was multiple people at any given time that, that wanted him dead. And what David says is, because I have such trust in the Lord as my shepherd, even if all of my enemies were here, I would feel comfortable enough to relax and to begin to eat and drink and relax, knowing that my shepherd is gonna make sure that even though all these people want me dead, no harm will come to me. It's this incredibly beautiful Picture, you prepare a table before me before the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My, my cup overflows. What, he, what, what David is saying is the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus identifying with this psalm says, I am the good shepherd and, and my, my goodness towards you is more than you can measure. Your cup is overflowing with God's goodness towards you. And, and then David says, surely your goodness and love, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. David's saying that, that, that God's goodness towards me, that shepherd's goodness towards me is more than I can measure. It's going to be with me all of my days. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all of my days. His goodness, more than I can fathom or measure, is going to continue to be with me in this life and then forever and ever and ever, David wraps it up. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so when Jesus gets up and says, I am the good shepherd, everyone around would have thought about the actual sheep and shepherds all scattered around that part of the world. They would have thought of these religious leaders that called themselves the shepherds of Israel and Jesus contrasts himself with them. They would have thought of, of, of David, the greatest shepherd in Israel's history and Jesus now declaring himself greater than David. But they would have recognized that, that, that Jesus is saying everything that David says in Psalm 23 about the Lord is my shepherd, Jesus is now taking it on himself and his treatment of us as his sheep. 
So it's this incredible statement, both speaking to our incredible neediness, that, it, that, that is outweighed only by his ability to care for us in our state of need. Here's second truth. Jesus is saying, no one knows you like I do, and no one loves you like I do. Let me show this to you. This is a statement both of incredible love and incredible knowledge. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand's not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand, cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep, this shepherds know their sheep intimately. They know that the, the voice, the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. The shepherd knows the sounds of the sheep. This word for know, it's this word that, that speaks to, to, to meaningful experiential knowledge, to personally know something, to intimately know something, to experientially know something. Sometimes it was actually used as a euphemism for, for marital relations. And it says, and, and, and Adam knew his wife and she conceived. And so it wasn't always used like that, but it was used in such an experiential, personal way. And Jesus says, I, I know my sheep. I know them. They know me. I know their voice. I, I, they know mine. It's this incredible, uh, we, we see this and that how the way in which sheep uh, recognize the shepherd's distinct call. You still see that in the Middle East today. It's not uncommon for, for there to be these kind of open grazing areas where, where, where four or five shepherds might each bring a hundred or, or more sheep to this area where there's a lot of grass to graze and a significant water source. And, and then when it's time to go, each shepherd has their unique call, their, their unique noise that they make. And so after a period of time, shepherd number one, he, he makes his noise, his shepherd noise, and suddenly you'll see 80 or 100 sheep just make a beeline to that shepherd. None of the rest of them do. But the ones that, that, that know the call of their shepherd, they come. And then shepherd number two, a little bit later, makes his unique noise. And, and suddenly you see a, a hundred sheep make a beeline to that shepherd. They know his voice. They know his call. And, and then they each come. And, and none of them go to the shepherd that's not their shepherd. None of them go to the shepherd who's making a different sound. There's this knowledge. And so what Jesus is saying, he's saying, I know my sheep. And they know me. He's making this statement he, is that, that Jesus is telling us. He says, I, I know you better than anybody knows you. I know you better than you know you. I know you better than your mama knows you. No one knows you like the good shepherd. He knows about your personality. He knows your every fear. He knows your every insecurity, every hurt. He knows your every hope and every ambition. He knows every good thing that you've ever done. And he knows about it. He knows every bad thought you've ever thought. Have you ever had a thought? And you thought, if, if everybody knew what I just thought, everybody would hate me or I might go to jail. 
Like those moments on the road where you either just see like some really offensive bumper sticker or someone cuts you off and your first thought is, I wanna ram them. <laughs> and then your next thought is, well, if I was long as we're having fantasies, I wish I had a rocket launcher. <laughs> and then you're like, man, if everybody knew that, do I go to jail or mental hospital? Jesus knows the worst thoughts you've ever thought. And he knows the worst, the worst action you've ever done. He knows you more than anybody knows you. He says, I know my sheep, but here's what you have to know. He knows you more than anybody knows you, and he loves you more than anybody loves you. That's really this message here where Jesus says, I lay down my life for my sheep. Now later in John, John 15, Jesus says, greater love has no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. And so Jesus here is this incredible declaration of care. He says, everyone else is gonna bail when life gets hard. Lots of people, when life gets hard, they're gonna walk out. Some of you have experienced that. Some others, they're gonna say that they're, they care, but when it gets too hard or gets too scary, they're gonna walk out the door. But Jesus says, I will never depart. I'm never gonna leave you nor forsake you. I'm not gonna walk out when it gets hard in that moment where it gets scary. He says, I, I'm not like those hirelings. I will lay down my life for you because I love you. He says, I, he says no one knows you as much as I know you and no one loves you as much as I love you. I, I, I believe Jesus here is, is making this, a statement that really speaks to this longing inside of every human heart, which is to be both completely known and completely loved. I think there's human relationships, ideally marriage, that, that can, can mirror this in imperfect forms, but, but, but there's no one that can deliver on this promise like Jesus. He says, there's no one that knows you as well as I do, and there's no one that loves you as much as I do. Here's the third thing and we're done. Jesus is saying, I want you to be a part of a diverse, global, united flock. John 10, 16, Jesus says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I kind of imagine that a lot of the people that are listening to this little story that Jesus is telling, this word picture that Jesus is making, up to this point, they're like, oh yeah, he's identifying himself with Psalm 23, that's super cool, and he's saying he really cares for us, he's not gonna, and he's gonna take care of us, but then now he's talking about another sheep pen. What does that mean? And there's still people that are a little confused about what that means. I once had a guy say, you know why I believe in aliens? Tell me. I can kind of see it in your eyes, but tell me. And uh, <laughs> well, you know, Jesus said there's other sheep that are not of this pen. I'm for sure it's talking about aliens. Okay. I've learned that sometimes it's just not worth arguing with people. Sometimes my four-year-old will just say something, and I'm like, "Well, Michael, that's not true." And he says, "Yes, it is." And I'm like, "Okay." Uh, I got better things to do. <laughs> but what Jesus is saying is he's talking to an all Jewish audience that thought that Jesus really, that, that the Father really just cared about national Israel 
and that, that, that the Messiah was going to come and, and become this great leader of national Israel and overthrow uh, the Roman Empire, and that that's what it was all about. And what Jesus is saying is he's saying, hey, the, the kingdom is bigger than one country, and the kingdom is bigger than one race. And he says, so, he says, so I've got some other sheep that are not of this pen. He's ta- unless you are ethnically Jewish, he's talking about us. And he says, but they're going to be a part of one flock with one shepherd. Jesus is inviting us to be a part of, of his flock. He says, he says, I know that you're needy, whether, whether you want to admit that you're needy or not. I know you are. And I want to meet every one of those needs. And, and, and you wonder if anyone ever really knew you, if they would really, really love you. And I'm here to say, I'm that person that, that knows you completely and loves you more than anybody, and I'm inviting you to be a part of this thing I'm doing that's bigger than you may realize, and it's not just for one country or for one race, but it's this global, this giant, global, diverse flock that is going to be united in him. Jesus, to this entirely Jewish audience, is saying, I'm about to do something bigger than you can imagine. I'm about to do something more than, larger than the world has ever seen. I'm going to do something that will unite peoples from all over the world, from every tribe and tongue and nation. And in many ways, it's happened. The church of Jesus is the most global and most diverse organization the planet's ever seen. Sometimes we struggle with this unity piece. Jesus said that they would be united in one flock. And so it's, it's the church of Jesus. The world's never seen an organization that, that is as global as the church. And the world's never seen an organization that is as diverse as the church. And Jesus' prayer but before he went to the cross was that we would live out this unity thing, that the whole world would know that he is who he says he is. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that we don't have to wonder who Jesus is because he's told us. And Father, we're grateful that that he is the good shepherd, that he manifests your heart towards us to, to care for us, in our incredible need for you. And that no one knows us like you know us. And no one loves us like you love us. So thank you for inviting us to be a part of your flock, the sheep of your pasture. Lord, may we go through each day with this awareness that that, that we are sheep dependent on the good shepherd. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Life Church Reno podcast. Remember to subscribe to catch more of the I Am series and to hear more messages like this. 
You can also find more information at lifechurchreno.com.